Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Let's go ahead and get into this this morning. I want to start out in 1 Peter chapter 4. And if you want to follow along, you can do so on the screens, but you can also do that on the Version Bible app. If you have the Bible app on your phone, you just go to the More tab, you select Events, and it should pop right up there toward the top. Uh, it should say Faith City, Michigan Campus. We have all the notes there for you. And uh, that's also the place where there's a giving link, as we, we talk about it every week. If you were like, where's this Version link or whatever, that's where it is. But I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 4 in verse 10. It says, God has given each of you, say each of you, some special abilities. Every time I read this, I think of (laughs) Spider-Man. I don't know, just superhero thing. Are you into superheroes, Don? I'm into superheroes too, man. I think that stuff's cool. Some of them. Some's got a little weird. It's like, Marvel, what you doing right now? DC's getting better. Anyway, I digress. It says, God has given each of you some special abilities. Look at this. Why has God done this? He says, be sure to use them to what? What's it say? Help each other. Isn't that awesome? So it's not that we have these special abilities or these giftings for ourselves or to pump ourselves up. But we have these special gifts and abilities. And and let me just add this because I think it's important to see that, you know, the, the gifts that we have, the church is such a great place that we can kind of put feelers out there and find out. Some of us don't know what our, what our calling is and what our gift is. And I found that when you step into that, when you step into those, those places and just by faith say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll help greet. I'm a friendly person. I like to meet people. Maybe I'll do that. I'm going to usher. Maybe I'll do an usher thing. Or There's different departments. Just come up and say, hey, is there something I can do? Which, by the way, a reminder, this is, this is cool. Uh, last week in our leadership meeting, we were talking about all these different ideas. What can we do to help connect people? And, you know, we all have great ideas. And then Aaron had this great idea. It was like, why didn't we think about this? I mean, Aaron's been doing men's ministry and, and ministry for years and years and understands small groups and ran all that. He says, hey, here's an idea. Why don't we ask the congregation what they'd like to see? I'm like, that's the craziest idea I've ever heard. What is this called, Aaron? He said, it's a survey. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> so we put together a survey. So next week, we're going to hand that out and just take a few moments over the next few weeks for those who maybe missed it. Think of some things that you'd like to see, whether it's some men's things or some women's things or Bible study or small groups or whatever it may be. There's even an other there so you can write your own thing in. But we really want to know what is it. And I say that because sometimes in those connections, those connect groups, those small groups, those situations, even there it begins to stir up those gifts within you. And you start to go, oh, I didn't know that was a gift I had. So it's just a great opportunity. But look what he says. He says, we're all gifted. I'd actually like to say it like this. You are a gift. Say, I am a gift. I mean, see, we contain the gifts and the callings that God has given us. But here's the thing. We ourselves are a gift to be given. Because how many know that gifts, they're worthless unless you give them? You, you ever done that? You're like looking around like, what is this? Have you ever hit a gift so good from your kids that you forget about it and six months later you find the gift? Well, it's worthless. There's no benefit, right? Of course, you probably give it to them or save it for the next Christmas like it's something new. But the thing is, gifts are meant to be given. But have you ever read a scripture like this and you thought, 
are you really talking about me? Now, some of you are like, I mean, you got it, right? You're like, no, I know I'm gifted. Just, just check me out. Look how gifted I am. But for some of us, we don't know. And maybe we struggle with this idea of being gifted. I mean, we can so easily disqualify ourselves from the gift that we are or even the calling that we've been given. Why? Because we think, well, I don't measure up. I don't have what it takes. And the worst thing that you can ever do, my wife and I talk about this all the time, play the comparison game. Don't compare yourself to others. It's one of the worst it's not really a game. It's a treacherous game to play, but it's something we should never do. And so it's great. What I do is when I see someone who's really flowing in their gift and they really like, they just seem to be just zeroed in. You know what that does? Rather than let that bring shame to me or condemnation, I let it inspire me because I know according to Peter that we all have been given gifts and special abilities. Can I get an amen this morning? We've all been given this. And so don't disqualify yourself. We all have these special abilities. We all have these gifts that have been given by the Heavenly Father. And I think that's amazing. How about you? I think another issue with this sometimes is that whole idea that we're waiting for things to be aligned. We're waiting for, uh, you know, my heart really to be into it. We're waiting for that feeling. I want to feel good enough to do this. Like, I feel I'm in a place to do this. And I found that sometimes the best place for me and the best time for me to step out into something is when I don't feel it. Because that's what faith is, isn't it? See, lack of faith is just, you know, you know where everything is. You've got your parameters. You've got it down. But I believe Holy Spirit calls us to a place where sometimes we have to step out and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I feel you're leading. I feel you're moving me in this direction. I don't feel, though, like I have what it takes, but I'm going to be obedient in this situation. How about this one? I don't know if I can do it yet because I want to make sure that I have all the beliefs right. (laughs) I struggle with that sometimes. But here's the thing. You know, we're all going to one day end up in eternity and realize that we got some stuff wrong. Come on right? I mean, I think true humility would say, I'm going to get some things wrong. But we should never let that allow us to not step out in our gifts and our calling. I'm not saying that preparation isn't important or even necessary. I'm just saying that sometimes we hold out for everything to be perfect and in alignment before we get started. What's the bottom line, Pastor? The bottom line is this, you are gifted. Look at the person next to you and say, you are gifted. Look at the person on the other side and say, you are a gift. You know, a few years ago, a friend of mine invited me to speak at this men's event they were doing at their church, and I was excited about it, and I always love to to minister to, to anyone and just, you know, clue them into this fact that God loves them, that they've been called, that they have purpose in life. And so I was really excited about it. But he asked me this question, and it it really threw me for a loop. He says, oh, by the way, he says, can I get your bio? I'm like, my my bio? Like, that's what cool people who do stuff have, right? You go into a website, it's like, about me, the bio. And I struggled with that. I said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I wasn't going, man, I'm struggling. I just went, yeah, yeah, I'll get that to you. He had to ask me three times for the bio. And it's not because I forgot. It's because I didn't know what to say. I'm thinking, 
listen, I just want to come minister to the guys. But I get it. He wanted it for, you know, promotional purposes. He wanted to put it on a site or on a card or do whatever and promote the men's thing that was going on. And I understand that, but I really struggled with what to write. Because, you know, I grew up the majority of my early life in a Christian home. My dad was radically uh, saved and, and, you know, brought to Christ when I was just two or three years old. And so, you know, I pretty much my whole life understood the idea of Christianity and, and, you know, all those things. I would say that, you know, it was really a double-edged sword for me with my upbringing because although I learned many things about God, many things about Christianity and, you know, religion, we could say, uh, you know, something's really helpful for sure. But in the midst of all that, it also created in me anxiety, anxiety to measure up. Now, I'm not even necessarily saying it was the fault of the people who were teaching me the things. This is just sometimes, or at least how I took it on, there was an anxiety to measure up. And I found myself missing the mark quite often. And being a pastor's son, because my dad went into ministry and I was a PK, any PKs in the house? (laughs) It only complicated things, especially in the expectations department. You know, sometimes there's this expectation that's either put on you or you put on yourself to perform and be a pastor's kid, whatever that's supposed to look like. From what I understood, all PKs, I remember I was dating this girl, and they, they didn't, he didn't go to the church, and he just said, yeah, I know about you pastor's kids. I'm like, dude, just give me a chance. Like, I was already, you know, marked off as the problem child, you know. And so there was those expectations there. And so I felt called to ministry uh, from an early age. I really felt like I should be doing something But that lost out to the pursuit of a career in music. Why? Because I just felt like I didn't measure up. I didn't feel like I could really do what God's called me to do. For one, I developed a bitterness toward people because I saw how my my parents would give and give and give of themselves in ministry, and then they would be betrayed so many times, and that really bothered me. And I used to think, how can my parents keep doing this? I mean, there would be times where literally... You know, I'm in my room, and I can hear my mom crying in the other room, my dad consoling her, or even my dad sometimes in tears. And they tried to keep it from us. But, you know, that that thing of betrayal and people stabbing you in the back is not an easy thing. And I thought, well, just stop doing it then. But see, they were called. They knew they were called to do it. And so I ran from it because I said, I want nothing to do with that. In fact, I I developed a bitterness towards people and thought people just are, are bad. They're not good. And so... I thought, man, if, if, I, I, if my heart is like that, and I'm barely trying to live this life myself, how could I even be in ministry or to what God's called me to do? But, you know, after several years of touring, a lot of regrettable life decisions, a divorce, avoiding church ministry, I felt called back to the church. I just knew that was the place I needed to be. I didn't know what I was supposed to do or how I was supposed to do it, but I felt like, okay. This is what I need to do. And during the next decade, when I returned to church, I gained new insight into the world of hurting people. I actually began to see people through the eyes of Heavenly Father and realize that, listen, hurt people hurt people. We've heard this before. Uh, Broken people, they just exude brokenness. And so how can I hold that brokenness against them? It doesn't mean we have to take and take and take, but at the same time, it helped me to see through and go, wow, this person wasn't born to treat me this way. 
this person has gone through trauma, gone through issues, gone through brokenness in their life, and because of that, they're hurting, and they tend to hurt others. It gave me a whole new way. And so God just kept bringing me back to his love and his grace on a day-to-day basis. And as healing began to occur in my heart and in my soul, I began to see exactly what I was called to do. And really, it wasn't even about being a pastor because I didn't see when there, or how that would happen or what it was. It was just serving in the church, being there for people, and really to be a living, breathing example of a son of God. That's who I am. And introducing other people to the same love and grace of our Heavenly Father. Showing others that they were no longer orphans, like Paul says, but they were sons and daughters of God. Not just that, that they had purpose. And so that's even why I stand here today. But see, it was a journey. It took time. And to this day, I have no greater fulfillment than when I see people awaken to the truth of who they are. When I see that light bulb go off, when I see that twinkle in their eye when I'm talking to them, when we're able to sit down, break bread, have a coffee, and talk, and something clicks, and they go, wow, God's that good? That just does something for me. It's like this is worth it, just one person. But see, I'm talking about my gift, because I want you to see that all of us can struggle with this idea that I have a gift and calling. And maybe some of you would say, well, I could never stand up and speak to 20, 40, 100, 200 people. Well, then maybe that's not your gift. That's okay. But what is your gift? Every single one of us have that same gift. Let me say this. Sometimes gifts are overlooked because they don't look super or special to us. See, we have this tendency to look at people up on a platform and think, wow, now that's a gift. They have a true calling. And we forget that, well, just because our gift doesn't look or seem, I should say, super spiritual or special, it's still a gift. In fact, sometimes those are the better gifts because you're literally ministering to people one-on-one. See, our gifts may not look like gifts or a big deal until we're put in a place where they can shine. And so that's what I was talking about earlier is there's times where we have to just step into something and say, okay, I, I feel like I'm being pulled in this direction. I feel like Holy Spirit's moved me in this direction. So I want to start here and see where it goes from there. You follow me so far? I was thinking about this today in this idea that sometimes we feel like our gifts or special abilities don't seem so special. I was thinking about moms and dads. How many parents do we have here today? You know, Sometimes that we just see that our parenting is just something we do. Like, hey, it's my responsibility. I mean, it's just what I do. But we don't see it as a gift. But, but think about if you weren't in that equation. I mean, there's some kids who grew up, grow up without a mom or without a dad or maybe without both. And, and thank God for families that bring kids in and, and they fill that, you know, role of mom or dad. But think about all the things that we've done for our kids. I mean, what we bring our children is nothing short of incredible. And I think it's in those moments where God shows you the gifts that you didn't even know you had. I mean, our children need interaction. They need playtime. They need conversation. They need nurturing. And it's in those moments when we bring that to them that God begins to say, see, you have a gift. Think about this. Just being there is a gift. See, sometimes we, we see gifts as only this big thing that's in the spotlight or has a title on it. But sometimes just being there, having an ear, having a smile for someone, that's where it begins. And sometimes just seeing that, 
that small thing in our eyes as a gift, it can make you a better parent or make your parenting much better. And you might say, well, I don't have kids. Well, think about friendships and relationships. It's the same thing. Be present to those around you. For some of us, that's just where it starts. That's what it was for me. You know, growing up in the church, my mom and dad were pastors, and so, you know, I mean, I'm so thankful for so many of the things that my parents would make me do, and I say that because I didn't want to. Like, one thing they would say is, all right, when service is over, before you just run off with your friends, you go find one adult to have a conversation with. And I'm like, come on, Dad, come on, Mom. But you know what? I learned so much from that. I learned that there's people that are older than my peer group. I learned how to have conversations, and those are great things, right? Another thing that they did is they basically said, you're going to work in every department in the church for six months. And I did. I worked everything. I, don't, I found it really quick. I am not a children's pastor. I'm definitely not cut out for infants ministry, right? Any of that stuff. Some people are just gifted with that. And so it's in those moments where you try stuff out. You might find out right away, Woo, man, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Well, give it a few weeks. Try it out and see. But, but if, if you're not, then go, great. I guess I'll try something else. Eventually, you find something that you're called to do. And I would say this, too, that by learning that, having the attitude of just being open and available, there's times where there were maybe things in the church that were needed, and it wasn't my passion, but I would say, hey, I'll take that on until we have someone who can. And we see that happen all around the church, right? I mean, there's so many people that do this, and we have moments like that. But how many know this, that eventually getting into where your passion is makes all the difference in the world? See, according to Peter, we all have gifts and abilities. Say, we all. We all have gifts and abilities and an instinctive heart to help others with these God-given gifts. In other words, we use our gifts to benefit the world. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans 11, 29. He says, God doesn't take back the gifts he has given. Ooh, isn't that good? Maybe you're someone hearing this today. Maybe you're online. You're thinking, man, I know what my gift is. I know what I'm called to, and I've just been avoiding it for years. I was doing it. I got burnout. I left and you're facing condemnation, look what Paul says. God doesn't take back the gifts he has given. That should be an encouragement to you. Or look at this, disown the people he has chosen. Now, just a side note, if you're not aware, when Paul talks about this, the people have been chosen, or we call it predestination or belonging, he's not saying it's only two particular people. I've heard some really crazy theology on this where it's just a particular amount of people, that's the only people who get it. If you look at the context, he's saying it's available to everyone. But just because it's available doesn't mean you'll benefit from it. You have to put yourself out there. You have to say, okay, I will be included in this. Amen? So everyone's predestined. Everyone is chosen. Everyone belongs. But here's the thing. Do you believe it? So he says this here, and I want to read this in... uh, The mirror Bible, I love this. Let's start with verse 28. He says, in your estimation, they appear to be enemies of the gospel. Now stop there for a second. I love what he's saying here. Now now Paul uses this at least a couple times in his letters, this idea of us being enemies of God in our mind, or in our estimation, they appear to be enemies of the gospel. Paul is so big on this mindset thing, isn't he? 
Romans 12, 2, we're transformed. That, that Greek word is metamorpho. You're, you're literally, it's like a metamorphosis. You're, you're changed completely from the inside out. He says that transformation ha- happens by what? Renewing your mind. We have to change our mind about things. We have to think differently about things. And I think that the transformation is more of getting in touch with the true self that we already are, that God's already made us to be. That, that source of life, we could say the, the divine, we could say God, we could, there's all these words we can use, but that source of life, uh, what, what does Paul say? In him we live, move, and have our being, that everyone is the genos in the Greek. We're all the family of God. We're his offspring. And so it's important that we awaken to this. But look what he says. In your estimation, in other words, in your thinking, they appear, who's they? It's whenever we have that us and them mentality, right? It's the people on the outside. Oh, they appear to be enemies of, of the gospel. Look what he goes on to say. But their father's love. Whose love? Hmm. But their father's love for them has not changed. This is huge. He doesn't say God's love. He says their father's love. That means their children but they're going about as orphans. Are you catching on to this? But look at this. He knows their original worth. What if we, and this goes back to the story I told about me seeing people through my eyes versus seeing people through Heavenly Father's eyes. What if we actually begin to see people for their original worth? Who God and how God has made them to be all along. How do we treat that person? And this is the problem sometimes with religion, is religion separates. It's about us and them. And whenever you create that, that whole scenario, you look down your nose at the them. You see them as something different than you. Come on, I'm talking to myself. I can still catch myself having these thought patterns. I'm just being honest. I mean, we do it within the church. Well, those Baptists, what? why would you say it like that? Right? Those Pentecostals, okay, they're a little crazy, I get it, but hey, they love Jesus too. <laughs> I can say that because I grew up in charismatic Pentecostal stuff, okay? But we have these ways of saying those people, and then we've instantly, in our mind, we see them as different than us, and let's be honest, a little lower than us. Like we got it down, and they don't. And Paul's saying we can't do that. Even in our estimation, we have seen they appear to us as enemies of the gospel. The Father's love for them has never changed. In fact, he knows their original worth. That's so powerful. But look at this. For God's grace gifts and his persuasion of mankind's original identity are irrevocable. Say irrevocable. This word is awesome. I had to look it up. I'm just kidding, but I do want to tell you the definition. This is so cool. Not able to be changed or reversed. So the gifts that God has given all of us, whatever that is, whether you know what it is or you're still discovering or trying to find that out, it can never be changed and never be reversed. Why? Because God gave it to you. The only person who can take it back would be God, and God decides I'll never do that. Isn't that so cool? I think Eugene Peterson in the Message Bible says something like, it will never be rescinded, your gifts. 
never taken away. His mind never changes. Isn't that awesome? So no matter where you are today, if you're like, man, I, I know that I have gifts and I just, haven't, I just haven't worked them. I haven't developed them. That's okay. Maybe today is the day to say, you know what, today's the day. No condemnation, no shame, no guilt. I've got stuff in there. I want to start working this out. And this is the cool thing about the gifts we've been given. The very name, it's a gift. It's not something that we do. When I started to realize that the gifts that God has given me, we call it maybe talents or callings, but let's call it gifts. When I realized it was a gift, it completely took the pressure off because I realized it wasn't up to me to somehow come up with a gift. Now, do we develop the gift? Absolutely. The first thing we have to do is receive that we have a gift, right? I receive it, this is mine, and we can develop it. But the pressure comes off when you realize that this, this gift is a gift. It's freely given. You know, the reason that I probably struggled, I was thinking about this, with coming up with that bio and the story that I told earlier, is because I felt that I had to impress others in that situation to be worthy to speak at that meeting. I'm just being completely honest right now. I thought, man, what do I say? How can I say it in such a way? Because, I mean, have you ever read pastors or evangelist bios sometimes? I'm not saying they're bad, but you read them, they're like, my gosh, 19 countries and nations? They've been doing all this stuff? And what am I supposed to put? Uh, pastor, a church, in Fenton. It's great. I mean, what do you put? Well, the thing is, I wasn't seeing myself like Heavenly Father saw me. And so I felt in that moment that I had to somehow impress people to actually make myself worthy to be the key speaker to this men's group. But the thing is, my gift wasn't my making. It was a gift that was given from Heavenly Father. Does that make sense? And so when we begin to see, oh, this, this gift, I mean, there are people who say, hey, Pastor Andy, we'd like you to come speak to our group. We, we'd love for you to do this or that. You know what? Now it's like, yeah, no problem, man. You, you, you need a bio? I can come up with something for you. That's cool. But at the end of the day, what an honor and privilege it is to speak into people's lives, right? Because I realize all I have to do is develop the gift. I don't have to make it happen. I just get to develop it. Isn't that beautiful? There's no earning. There's no even deserving. It's something he's already given to us since the beginning. I mean, the very essence of gifts is that they're freely given. Now all I have to do is believe, receive that gift, and develop it. And let me add this. I love what the psalmist says about us. Every single one of us. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Sometimes we make so much of this, don't we? And I'm telling on myself, that's my personality. All the ducks in a row, everything ready. You know, I'm the worst, man. Like, I procrastinate until everything is perfect to move forward sometimes and stuff. And sometimes you just have to move forward, don't you? That's my personality. That's just how I do things. But think about this. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you imagine God? Think about this. God was in awe and wonder when creating you. This stuff keeps me going in life, folks. I love the example of a, a young child. You know, when, when, when your children are born, it just does something in your heart of hearts. I still remember, like, it's burned in my memory, those births. And it just, it did something to my heart. I didn't know I could have that much love for a human being. I just didn't. And it's interesting 
that even in Scripture, this idea of, of God being so blessed that we're here, that literally it says that God kneels before us. Now, not in worship as in like, oh, you're God. But think about this. If you're a parent, you know how this is. How many of you have gotten down on your knee for your little one to get down to their level? Of course. Why? You love them. You're amazed by just how wonderful they are. There's a love in your heart. Do you see this? See, that's why we have to get back to the idea of, of God, not as a judge in a courtroom, but as a father in the living room. makes a big difference. That doesn't mean that we take away his greatness. She can anyway. I mean, God is amazing. I mean, it's just the awe. Look around you at creation, right? But to think that God not only kneels down to you in that way, but he also stepped down into earth and became man for us to show us what it's like to live as a true son and daughter of God. That's so cool. And that's not taking anything away from God. In fact, God's not really, you know, worried about that. Some people, you must worship God. You, listen, God's not sitting there, you better give me that worship or else. He doesn't have a low self-esteem, okay? But for me, even in the, the way of worship, what really ministers to my heart is when my children come to me because they want to. They show love to me because they desire to. They do things for me because of that love they have for me. It's the same thing with God. We should do things because, God, you're so amazing. You're so awesome. I love you so much. What can I do next to honor you, to please you? You know what pleases God? Faith. It's trust in him. And even in this situation saying, okay, I may not even know what the gift is, but by faith, I'm going to step into something. I'm going to do something because I know that pleases you because faith pleases God. Amen? So maybe consider putting yourself in a position that maybe it isn't what you think is your greatest strength, but it's in those moments I found in my own life, that's where my gifts begin to bloom and mature, and it begins to bless others. Let me say this. Every person is gifted to serve. Every single one of us is gifted to serve. But many times it takes us stepping out in faith in an area to discover what giftings and special abilities that we have. Paul says in Ephesians 2.10, he says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance. This is so cool. In advance for us to do. Listen, you've been created for good works. And he prepared them in advance. I think that's so awesome. It's not like I have to try to figure out, okay, all right, God, I need to try to do something good today. God's like, why are you trying to do something good when I've already prepared that beforehand? Just find out what it is and just work with that. That's so awesome. He provides everything for us. It's part of who we are. So let's look, at, look back here as we're bringing this to a close to 1 Peter 4.10. I'm going to read this again. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Look at this. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. See, it starts with us. It starts with us understanding who we are and what gifts and special abilities that we have. And that's going to take time. That's just part of the journey. And so, you know, I have people go, man, I don't even know where to start. Well, maybe sometimes you start by just being there, being present, 
kind of seeing what's going on, assess the situation, follow the Holy Spirit always. you got to follow the Holy Spirit always. But it's in those moments you start to see this. Okay. Because here's the thing. If we get our identity right, if we really begin to see who we truly are, you know what's going to happen? Then we actually begin to benefit the world around us with our gifts. And here's what i found sometimes. When you just find out your true identity in Christ and who you really are, it's almost like this automatic outflow. The works just begin to happen. There's times where something happened, I'll be like, what? oh, wow, I did that. I didn't, wow, that's so cool. It just happens. And I find that in this journey with God, that's usually how it is. If I'm striving and I'm struggling and I'm trying to do things, it's maybe not my gift. It's maybe not even something that God has asked me to do. Look at the person next to you and tell them, you are a gift. Say, you are gifted. None of us are exempt. We are gifted, why? To benefit others. Everyone's gifts are needed. Every person is important. Amen? Did you receive that this morning? You know, I don't want this to be a pastor's getting on us, man. He wants us to do more stuff in the church. Listen, sometimes that's where we, we miss it. Now, I believe that everybody is part of the body of Christ, but sometimes we, we make that exclusive to the four walls of a church building. Sometimes those gifts and those callings are outside of the church walls. Does that make sense? And so I'm not saying that this isn't a call to, you've got to do something in the church. Now, listen, if you felt something in your heart saying, I need to step up, I need to say, hey, what can I do around here? Here's my, hey, by all means, come see a leader. That'd be great. We'd love to help you volunteer and be part of it and include you in that. But this goes further than that. This needs to go outside the four walls. You know, some of you are, are very gifted in just speaking to people and being there. That's why Expo is a great opportunity for you. It might not necessarily be inside a church building, but it's definitely a place that we can show the love of God to people. Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.